Welcome to the Destiny Youth Podcast. Destiny Youth is the youth ministry of Destiny Church based in Glasgow. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Matt. So glad that you guys are tuning in. This is a very special episode for me uh, because joining me on the episode today is my darling wife, Victoria. Hello. Hi, babe. Hello. (laughs) Uh, for those of you who don't know, Victoria is the children's pastor here at Destiny Church. So, Pastor Victoria, I should wow. say. That's yeah. so that's so wild. Just I call know. me, just call me babe or something. <laughs> I'll just I'll just call you, call you Victoria. Okay. Or I'll just refer to you as, I don't know, woman. What, <laughs> woman? What do you think of this? <laughs> okay. There might be a little bit of joking on this podcast, so bear with us. Yeah. This is the the beauty of marriage. Mm-hmm. This is everything you have to look forward to. It's actually really awesome. Yeah, this is true love right yeah. here. When you find the right person, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. All right. So today we are continuing in the series on connecting with God. We've gone over several different connect with God types. And the purpose, once again, of these types is for you to simply figure out how you best connect with God. No one is just one of these types. We all have different ways that we connect with God, but the only way that we can connect with God is through Jesus Christ Mm. by accepting his forgiveness and his grace and mercy upon our lives so that we can go to our heavenly father. So today we are focusing on the activist. This is one that's in my top three. I think it's your number one way. I wouldn't say that, but it's uh, it's, it's up there. It's up there, yeah. So the activist is loving God through confrontation. Activists love God by standing up for righteousness and justice. Activists need to find the right balance. And this is a balance that was modeled perfectly by Christ of spiritual refreshment, but also with intense ministry and intense confrontation. Uh, oftentimes with the religious leaders of the day and with other people. But activism can take the form of Christian activism, social reform, or to confront error and evil. So this could be writers, preachers, politicians, um, people in, in academics or artists, even homemakers. They can all be activists, no matter who you are, no matter what your role is in life. You can be an activist. You just have to be faithful in your own sphere of influence and stand up for the truth. Activists will never be satisfied with playing it safe. They need to experience the exhilaration of seeing a miraculous God come through in miraculous ways. An activist summed up in a single sentence would say, let me see God conquer. So Mm -hmm. Victoria, we both connect with God in this way. Uh, those who don't know this about us, Victoria worked with a Holy Spirit-centered anti-human trafficking organization. Uh, I also served, but Victoria, you were in it every single day. I was. And justice is something that God takes very seriously. He is a God of justice and he is justice. Mm. So share with us when you first discovered that you connect with God in this way. Um, I'm going to contradict you because... Actually, I don't think this is one of my top ways, Um, not naturally anyway. So uh, I always knew you were the activist in the family. You you care a lot about justice. And I always 
kind of uh, see myself as the one who sits back. I'm a little bit more empathetic, a lot more empathetic than you. Yes. <laughs> um, and I really didn't understand um, justice or how to connect with God through justice until someone taught me. So, um, yeah, I, I figured out that I could connect with God through justice when someone um, taught me about what biblical justice is. And that was right around 2020 when, um, of course, we all remember COVID, but that's not the only thing that happened in the States in 2020. Um, a lot of social justice movements were going on and there were a lot of voices telling you to go this way or to go that way. And, um, it just became so much noise. And then someone who's really empathetic like me, like it was, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking every day to just see the world we're living in and all the crazy things that are happening. And what do I do about that? Um, while still being myself (laughs) and, um, I'm really thankful for um, Heather Schott, who leads the Justice Reform, which is the organization I worked for in the in the states in Texas. And um, I didn't understand that I could connect with God through justice until she taught me what biblical justice actually means. And um, we'll get into it today in the podcast. But really, um, discovering that justice, uh, God's way, is not really optional for people who love Jesus and walk with Jesus. Yeah. Um, just going back to like the, the social justice and everything there's, there's, there, there is, like you said, so much noise out there Mm. of like, believe this, believe that fight for this fight for that. And oftentimes what we see is justice gets hijacked by these people who either want to make themselves a victim. And what I mean by that is they will come alongside a cause and then they will make it's it about driven. them. Yeah. yeah. They make it all about them and not about the actual cause. Yeah. Um, or people just do it to appear righteous. They do it to appear good to their friends. Mm. Like, oh, I support such and such. I bought whatever sticker to put on my car so that everyone who sees me drive by, they know that I support this cause when in actuality, they're actually doing nothing to mm. help. Um, that's what we've seen a lot of is actual justice is not done for the sake of someone looking better to their friends. Um, there's actually a really good example of that in the Bible. Uh, so I might be getting ahead of myself, but, um, one of the words that we see in the Bible for justice, uh, is, is usually translated to justice. But another word that means justice in the Bible is often translated as charity or righteousness. Mm. And when Jesus is specifically talking about the Pharisees and the religious men of the day, and he says, don't be like them. Don't count your righteousness in public when you give charity. He's yeah. basically what what you're describing is what those religious leaders of the day were doing is, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm giving charity. I'm awesome. I'm this holy person and I'm better than you yeah. because I've done A, B and C. That that's something that Jesus actually warns us of is um, if you do give charity, if you do these acts of justice, don't don't shout it from the rooftops yeah. or, or he said if you give, yeah. don't let your left hand know what your right hand yeah. is doing. Yeah. And Which so is crazy. It's uh, usually translated as the word righteousness in that passage there, but uh, it means justice. Yeah. And we see it today, just like with the the Pharisees going around, like let's say they're handing out 
money to the poor. It was always this big production of like, look, as I give money to this poor person, look how good I am, the religious leader. Mm -hmm. And imagine how that makes you feel as the person. As the person that needs, <laughs> yeah, the help. But what's worse is today, like at least the Pharisee was still giving to that person, mm -hmm. at least. But today what we see is, look at my social media post. Oh, look yeah. at this thing that does absolutely nothing for anyone. It's so sad. But We're look so at deceived. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that makes me a good person because I posted such and such. Yeah. So something that um, kind of leads to this is uh, we, we really have to be careful as Christ followers when it comes to what we believe justice looks like. It's so important that we go back to the word. Um, because you, like you said, God is a God of justice. God loves justice. We see that in Isaiah 60, uh, 61, 8. He says, I, the Lord, love justice. Um, and if we get our definition of justice from the world, we get this skewed, perverted version of what it is. So yeah, things like what you're describing start to happen and um, we miss the bigger picture. We miss God's heart for what's actually going on. Yeah. And people have this weird notion that being a follower of Jesus means that you have to just walk around with grace for everything that happens. And we need to to walk in grace and forgiveness. But in order to walk in righteousness, we have to boldly declare when evil is evil. Mm. And the forgiveness and mercy of God is not this get out of jail free card. It's not a license to sin. And Jesus himself said, I've come not to abolish the law. I didn't come to get rid of it. I came to fulfill it. And that simply means that no human would ever be perfect enough to keep all of these laws because we're all sinful. We all mess up. And Jesus was the only one who could. He was perfect. And then he took all of the sins upon himself, paid the price for them. But we still follow the law of God. We still have to walk in obedience. Hmm. And if, if you we love me, you'll obey me. That's exactly. And if we go around with just like, oh, well, everything is permitted because, you know, Jesus paid for your sins. So, hey, it's okay. You can do whatever you want. Proverbs 24, 24 through 25 says, whoever says to the guilty, you are innocent, will be cursed by peoples and denounced by nations, but it will go well with those who convict and rebuke the guilty and rich blessing will come to them. Then we also see in Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love mercy mm -hmm. and to walk humbly with our God? I love that sentence, especially do justice and love mercy. You can't do just one. No, you can't. You have to have both Yeah, like Jesus did. And one of the problems with, with a lot of the times the church now is people have a problem with rebuke. Uh, they they confuse rebuke and judgment, mm. and they throw them together in the same thing. So when a pastor gracefully points out something uh, to someone that they need to work on, that person will come back and say, oh, you're judging me. You can't judge me. And they're right. We can't judge them, but God will. But when someone is pointing something out to you in love, that's a rebuke. And God promises blessings to those who actually embrace rebuke. 
Listen to this. Whoever heeds rebuke is honored, Proverbs 13, 18. He who listens to reproof gains intelligence, Proverbs 15, 32. Mm. They will dwell among the wise, Proverbs 15, 31, and is on the path of life. Then this one, because the rod and rebuke give wisdom, the rebukes of discipline are the way of life, Proverbs 6, 23. To the one who embraces rebuke, God says, I will pour out my spirit to you, Proverbs 1, 23. But to the one who despises it, you will find calamity. Just that alone. Mm. To the one who embraces rebuke, I will pour out my spirit on you. Because number one, when you embrace rebuke, you're willing to grow. Yeah. When you embrace rebuke, you're coming with us with with an attitude of humility yeah and that's what god blesses is humility and we all know that satan's original sin was pride yeah so when you have a problem with rebuke that's pride within yourself that keeps you from repentance Mm -hmm. and i think it blinds you yes because god jesus is literally sitting there with all the grace all the mercy he has for you but you're refusing it because you're like, no, I don't have a problem. I don't need that. I don't have a problem. I'm perfectly fine. And it's unfortunate because we've seen, to, to put this verse in perspective, those who embrace rebuke, I will pour out my spirit to you. Look at where the church has started going. Grace is great. Grace is good. Mercy is amazing. But when you don't rebuke, you dr- you don't call evil, evil. Mm. You don't get the spirit poured out to you. No, you have to speak the truth. I think it's this thing of um, what you're saying. People are afraid of rebuke or reproach, even from society. Um, on, on the flip side, it's not, it's not that you can't receive good rebuke from your pastor. It's that you can't receive rebuke at all from anyone you you don't want to offend anyone you don't want to push the wrong button you don't want to be canceled and in today's society we have got to get over what other people think of us yeah jesus was offending people constantly he was offending his disciples he was offending the church leaders of the day he was offending the political leaders of the day and uh we're, we're called to walk and talk like jesus we walk humbly we love mercy. We do justice, but we have got to get over the fact that sometimes we're going to, we're going to feel that, um, someone has been offended by what we're doing. And that's just what it is to walk in the truth. Yeah. And and we can all, none of us are not subject to feeling offended. Like, I get offended by you at least twice a day. I know you do, <laughs> but that's, that's the thing is what do you do when that offense tries to come and I forgive you. Bury its way Mm. into your heart. Like you personally, what do you do when offense comes? Well, with you, we've been married, what, nine years? So uh, it's been a learning process. Uh, When we first got married, I was constantly upset with you. And then it would take me days to even be able to communicate what it was that you did that upset me. You just hated the truth. It was just, I just wanted you... (laughs) No, you you hated the truth. I'm gonna. gonna we both that. hated the truth. Yeah, we were bad at the truth. Yeah. No. Um, but I will say, 
um with you it's it's become this thing of like well I love you like I love you so much that I chose to spend the rest of my life with you and um yes we get in in arguments but I wouldn't say we fight anymore because no. we're so quick to forgive each other yeah and and that's essential to getting over offense is laying down your pride and saying look like bigger picture you and I are are in this together we can get past this and a lot of times it's offense that keeps you back from from actually getting to the point of the argument yeah you know you get so offended with like something that was said while you were arguing that now you're arguing about that thing yeah and it's not even about that anymore and then you you can't <laughs> even cycle back around it puts you in this position where you can't even reconcile for the original thing that you were arguing about because now you're offended about a tone somebody took mm. you're offended about something dumb and it leads you away from even reconciling what the problem was from the beginning that word reconcile oh i just hit my microphone i don't know if you'll have to cut that off that Sorry. word reconcile <laughs> well let's just keep that in because that's real um <laughs> that word reconcile i think is actually a great segue into talking about what this word justice actually means from a biblical perspective um and why it's so important that we understand what it means. So a lot of times when we read, you know, the word judgment or just or justice in the Bible, um, it comes from this Hebrew word mishpat, which which literally means justice. It means um, a case or a cause. Um, and that's a lot of times what we think of when we think of justice is we think of this retribution that has to happen in order for there to be justice. Mm -hmm. So um it's, it's what someone is due. But then oftentimes there's another word for justice in the Bible, and that's tzedekah. I, I don't know if I'm tzedekah. saying tzedekah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but tzedekah is a different word for justice. And a lot of times it's that word that gets translated into righteousness. And our God is a God of righteousness and justice. And this word tzedekah, um, it means honesty. It means righteousness, righteous acts, righteous deeds. And when we talk about righteousness, we're talking about being in right standing. More often than not, we're talking about being in right standing with God. Yeah. But uh, as far as this word goes, it also means being in right standing with each other. Mm -hmm. So you and I, in order to reconcile, we need to come back into righteousness. And if you hold on to offense, if you hold on to your pride, it's going to make it really hard to come back into righteousness. Yeah with each other and with the Lord. I think it's so important that we understand that because there's two different kinds of justice when we're talking about biblical justice. We're talking about this, this primary form of justice, which is being in right standing with one another. My problems are your problems. I'm going to act in righteousness towards the people around me. I'm going to, I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to care for the orphan and the widow and the needy. And then you have this other form of justice, which is retributive. And I believe that that form of justice that's retributive is there because we don't live in a world where everyone does tzedakah. We don't yeah. live in a world where everyone acts righteously towards each other. So there has to be this retributive justice right. that comes alongside it to right wrongs. The thing is, God is all about making crooked ways straight. Yeah, Mountains low, valleys high. I'm going to restore back into order what has been messed up by an unrighteous act or deed. I mean, that's the whole point of, of Jesus 
-hmm. was he came to restore us to the place where we originally were as the children of God when we absolutely did not deserve it. He did justice. And that's what's crazy is pride always keeps you from being restored. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes us not able to come into that restorative side of God. The righteousness and that that's Jesus why paid for. People have this idea of, oh, God is this judgmental guy. Like, no, he's not. He's not judgmental at all. No. He has provided you a way out, but he is also a good enough God to give you the power of choice. You choose him. He yeah. already chose you. You choose him. Mm -hmm. He's not going to make you choose him. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like, you can't make me come to Christ. That's right. I can't. You have to choose it. <laughs> we're completely getting off topic here because we're supposed to be talking about connecting through justice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's your fault because you're leading this podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I just get so excited about it. I, I will say really quickly on the retributive versus restorative side for... Yeah. Many years of my life, I had such a hard focus on retribution and not understanding that it had this whole other side of restoration. And that's why I love the book of Judges so much. And I love the book of Revelation. They're still my favorite books because it's just like this, you know, powerful God coming down. It's like, fire. yeah, fire, brimstone. <laughs> amazing it's like you like that it's like yes you know you would be a part of it right i don't care it'd be awesome oh, it'd be awesome goodness. to see but for for years i did not have a full understanding of the restorative side of god's justice mm. and that's where i have to still to this day be extremely careful uh it's like i said earlier where jesus was able to so perfectly balance himself with the restorative and the retributive mm. with uh, standing up for the woman caught in adultery, mm -hmm. literally standing up for the sinner, and then him going to the temple, making a whip, whipping people, turning over tables. He was so incredibly balanced mm -hmm. and perfect. Whereas uh, I, I might have been one of the ones to walk up and accuse the woman. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Another biblical example of... I'd say mostly retributive justice, but there's also some restoration in it is the story of Samson. I love the story of Samson. <laughs> I, I want to know, have you brought up Samson on the podcast before? No, I haven't. You haven't? I've, I've brought up the book of Judges, wow, but not you've Samson. you've been holding your tongue. I have been. <laughs> this, is, this guy this is the loves one. Samson. Like, I, I have to stop myself from rolling my eyes every time he brings up Samson for the millionth time. Yeah. I, for it, those who can't see me, I didn't roll my eyes. That's fine. That's why this hair will not be cut. No matter what you do, you Delilah. I know this is getting off topic, but you said the other day you had a dream. You had a bad dream that I cut your hair in yeah. the middle of the night like Delilah. Yeah. Wow. I woke up, checked my hair. It was there. I was relieved because <laughs> I was like, if she really did cut my hair. What would we you have do? to. I just restart the growing process. There would that's it. You would just grow it out again. I mean, I'd be upset, obviously. <laughs> okay. But anyway, off topic. The story of of Samson 
we see Samson being used by God to deliver justice to the people of Israel. Um, he was a judge. He was a judge. That's what his whole calling was. I think he 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 struggled with pride a lot. Yeah, definitely. And when you watch his story, he disobeys once, twice, three times, yet God is still is working merciful. through him yeah. and still giving him strength until it's the final undoing of Samson. Mm -hmm. He loses his strength. He's imprisoned. He has his eyes gouged out. But yet the Lord still comes through because Samson, in a moment of humility, says to the Lord, he says, forgive me for what I've done. I am unfit to do what you've called me to do. Would you restore my strength to me one more time so that I may die with the Philistines? And it's this beautiful story that a lot of people, a lot of pastors just skip over because they think, oh, it's a cautionary tale. And in a way it is, but it is so beautiful seeing the restorative side of God with Samson, where he pushes those pillars. And it says in that one act, not only is he bringing down a temple where they were worshiping their pagan gods, he brings down a temple full of the leaders, mm. full of all of these people who were tormenting the Israelites. But not only that, it says in that one act, he killed more of the enemy doing that than he did his entire lifetime. And homeboy killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And that's just one story. <laughs> but in that act, the Lord brought him back to his purpose of fulfilling justice, not only against the enemy, but the Lord fulfilled justice with Samson by restoring him mm -hmm. for that final act. And it's just so beautiful. I love every aspect of that story because we get to see how beautiful God is and what an amazing story he has for every single one of us. Mm. But my question for you is, do you have a biblical example of someone who connected with God through justice? Mm. Um, has anyone said Jesus yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's one of the popular picks. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I won't use Jesus then. Um, so right now I'm actually reading through the book of Ezekiel. And I think he'll, he, he, <laughs> can't talk. Ezekiel's a great example of someone who walked in this biblical justice. The Lord used him as a mouthpiece over Israel. And um, he, got to do a lot of, you know, really cool prophetic acts. Um, the Lord actually shut his mouth and then only allowed him to speak when it was a word from the Lord. Um, a lot of us need that. Definitely. I need that. Yes, absolutely. We need to talk more about how Ezekiel shut his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or no, he didn't shut his mouth. The Lord shut his mouth. Uh, but I love the example of Ezekiel because... Um, just reading through it just now, uh, something that's really stood out to me just in the last couple of days, I've been kind of mulling through it, is um, the Lord has Ezekiel look at the state of, of the things. And um, he says, look at how stiff-necked all of the people are. They, mm. they, 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 they thumb their nose at me 
and they refuse to follow me. They're doing all of these unrighteous acts. Look how, look how stubborn they are. But then he turns to Ezekiel and he says, but Ezekiel, look how stiff-necked I've made you. Mm. And I love that because it's like he, uh, I immediately thought of you, actually. Like, you're a very stubborn person. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm a really stubborn person, so... I don't think there's anybody that's not stubborn in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but then there's special there's special breeds, and you're one yes. of them. But yeah. um, I, I thought about that because it's just this beautiful picture of like, he says, Ezekiel, look how stiff-necked I've made you. I've made you just as stubborn as they are, but stubborn for my ways yeah. and stubborn for my truth. And in a day and age where people are screaming left and right, all of these unrighteous, unbiblical things, the Lord is looking for people who aren't going to be like reeds swayed in the wind. Like he's looking for people who are going to stand up for justice. And he's yeah. looking for people who are as just as stubborn as the world is, Yeah, but stubborn for the Lord. What's great about that statement of you stiff necked people mm. is when you have a stiff neck, you cannot bow. No. You cannot have the fear of the Lord. You cannot have the humility to bow. Mm -hmm. So you have both sides of it where I went, I went through, I'm still going through a time where, uh, and you can attest to this during worship, during any moment where I am, with the Lord. He once told me several years ago, he said, if you want to get into deeper levels of relationship with me, you need to get on your face mm -hmm. and lay prostrate on the floor before yeah. me. And I'd never done that in my life. <laughs> and it's funny because now you do it so often, I can't find you in worship. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the floor somewhere. <laughs> but it's like, that was, that was him challenging me yeah. Of like, hey, you are stiff-necked in a lot of areas. And the good side of it is if somebody says you should not pray in public because the law. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to pray wherever I want to. Yeah. Number one, freedom. But number two, <laughs> like you can't, you can't stop me from doing what the Lord tells me to do. Mm. Because I'm sorry. Who are you? You can't bow to what somebody says or tells you to do because yes. you've already bowed to the Lord. Yeah. You've already been on your face that day with Jesus. Exactly. So you won't bow to anybody else. And that's what is so amazing about that statement is, like you said, I've made you stiff-necked just mm -hmm. like them, but stiff-necked for the things of my kingdom. James 1.27 says this, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Mm. So that tells me that I can be polluted by the world. Yeah. And it's something that I need to watch out for. Yeah. Because it starts yourself. as just a small thing, mm -hmm. the, the slightest little thing. And it's the exact same tactic that Satan has used ever since the beginning in the garden. Did God really say? Because mm -hmm. he still uses that now. Did God really say that that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And we have a generation that doesn't know their word. Exactly. So they don't know how to answer that question. They listen to some non-biblical teacher on TikTok, and then they believe that. And all of a sudden, they have this false theology that just came from some 
sorry, but dummy on TikTok. Because it can't be the words of man that you're listening to. The words of man are cheap and, and dumb. Every man is a liar. Every man is a liar. It has to be the word of God. That's in the Bible. That's why. To reference that. Yes. That, <laughs> that's why one of the values here at Destiny Church is biblical truth. Yeah. We believe that the word of God is the final authority on everything. Yeah. Simply because the words of man are garbage. Absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. And you can't trust it. So justice. So justice, yes. <laughs> Did we get off track again? I don't yes. know. Yes, <laughs> it's because I'm I'm so passionate about this subject. It's like, I want to talk about everything. Justice! <laughs> and I love you, so I'm here for it. Yes. And I don't really know where we're going. You've got so, the agenda. Audience, I you. apologize. <laughs> we, we will get back okay. to the main thing. But maybe some of you out there are listening to this and it's like, yeah, I don't accept the things of the world. I don't want to bow to that. Yeah, I want to pray against that. Mm. If you have that in your heart, first of all, every Christian should have that in their heart. If you're following Jesus, you refuse to bow to what the world wants you to do. You only bow to Jesus. But if you have a stirring in your spirit, and what I mean by that is as we're talking about justice, and not bowing to the things of this world. If you feel just something in your chest of like, yes, I'm in agreement. I want to do that. That's me. Then I would encourage you, try connecting with God more in this way. And one of the ways that I want us to go into is intercession. Mm. I want to grab that jawbone. I want to grab that sword. I want to go fight about it. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the principalities, the powers, the spirits, the spirit of the world, mm-hmm. which is influencing people to believe the nonsense that they're believing. And the best way that I've ever heard it described, and the best way that I think I've ever described it to the youth is you have the word of God, which is your sword. And there's somebody that you know standing in front of you that is believing nonsense. You can attack them with the word of God, attack them directly, and it can end up hurting them. You shouldn't do that. Or you can go past them and attack the spirit that is influencing them. Yeah. You don't slash people with the word. Yeah. Once you attack that spirit and that spirit lets go of them, then they can come into the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. But that happens through intercessing. So when you say intercession, just so everybody understands, it's it's prayer. Yes. It's a deeper level of prayer. It's not your to-do list yeah. for God. It's not what I'm going to, you know, say a couple Hail Marys and a couple thank yous, and then I'm going to ask God for all the things on my list. No. Intercession is this deep level of prayer where it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I need. It's not about even my closer circle of friends. It's I am in the throne room of heaven, throne room of heaven with God. And I, I want to pray what's on God's heart. Yes. I'm going to start praying for the things that God wants to see happen on earth. Jesus instructs his disciples to pray on a daily basis. Your will be done, not mine. Yes. And that's what intercession is. It's God, what's on your heart? What's your will? Let me feel what you feel about this horrific, Thing that just happened in my city 
okay, now how do you want me to pray for that? Yeah. That's intercession. But when you pray from from that standpoint, not only are you praying from the authority that you have as a believer in Jesus that's covered in the blood of Jesus, you're praying from the authority of the throne room of God. Because when you're praying and you're intercessing and you're asking God, what is your will? Well, when it's his will, it's his authority. Heaven hears. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's his authority working into that situation. Yeah, I think one of the greatest ways that the enemy attacks prayer uh, is by convincing young people that it's like intercessory prayer is only for the intercessor team or yeah. it's only for you a know, special person, that older lady who just loves being in her prayer closet all day yeah. and talking to Jesus. And no, inter- intercession is for anyone, anyone who wants to get close to the heart of God. Um, I've heard it said like this, uh, you can't just pray that away. Mm. Get up and do something. And yes, there are times when we get up and we do things. We go out and we serve the people of our city. We make sure that they're clothed and they're warm. We have our community grocery where we make sure that people get the food that they need. But the greatest platform for your voice to be heard is not social media. Yeah, It's not through a bunch of followers. The greatest platform for your voice to be heard is the platform of heaven. Because that's where real change happens. And I can't tell you how many times um, when we were working with the justice reform, we would bring something to the Lord in intercession and uh, we would see, we would see it happen over and over and over and over again. And big requests, we would see, you know, human trafficking busts happening all the time. We we even got a testimony back. Someone, uh, while we were praying in intercession, they had a vision of the girl in the van. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a boy. Or the boy in the yeah, the small, person in the van. A small boy yeah. was in the vision at a traffic stop and and we prayed that the police would find that boy at the traffic stop. And then we we found out a few weeks later that that situation actually happened. Yeah. There was a boy who had been kidnapped. He was at a traffic stop and the police found him. Prayer prayer works and the greatest lie of the enemy is to make you think that while you're praying nothing's happening. No. That's not true. Yeah, I think true. about Daniel. Daniel was probably one of the, other than Jesus, Daniel was the greatest intercessor mm. in the Bible, I think. Because we've also got like, talk about not bowing to the government. This dude was threatened with being thrown to hungry lions. And he had a lifestyle of prayer. Yeah. Hours a day he he would spend. when When he was threatened, with being thrown in the lion's den, the Bible says, as per usual, he went to his he place. He went to his place of prayer. Yeah. This was a daily routine for him. Yeah. And he was always seeking God's will, seeking the will of heaven mm-hmm. to come down to earth and do what God wanted to do. Yeah. And people don't understand maybe even how important it was that Daniel was praying. Um, it had been prophesied that they would be in Babylon in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And that 70 years was almost up. So Daniel was praying the will of God that the people would be able to go back to the promised land. One of the one of the things I, I love from Luke, it's chapter 18. Jesus is telling a story to his followers and his disciples. And he's talking about 
praying constantly and not to lose hope when you pray, mm. when you're not seeing it happen immediately. And he used this story. He, in verse two, he says, once there was a judge in a town, he did not care about God. He also did not care what people thought about him. So this was an unrighteous judge. There was a woman who came many times to the judge and said, there's a man who is doing bad things to me. Give me my rights. Give me my justice. But the judge did not want to help the woman. After a long time, the judge thought to himself, listen to this, I don't care about God and I don't care about what people think, mm. but this woman is bothering me. If I give her what she wants, then she will leave me alone. But if I don't give her what she wants, she will bother me until I'm sick. Mm. The Lord said, listen, there is meaning in what the bad judge said. God's people shout to him night and day, and he will always give them what is right. He will not be slow to answer them. I tell you, God will help his people quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's several things to take away from this. Number one, Christians should be in intercession and praying for God to move in righteousness in the world. Number two, this is a bad judge. He's a bad leader, a bad politician. There's plenty of bad politicians out there. Yep. He's someone who doesn't know God and he doesn't even care to know God. Mm. Yet the persistence of this woman crying out for justice gets this corrupt, unrighteous judge to act in favor of righteousness. Mm. And how much more when you're appealing to a righteous God yes. who loves justice. God moves on behalf of his children, no matter who's in charge. No matter who's leading what, no matter who's president, first minister, no matter who, who it is, when we intercede and we pray and we go into the throne room of heaven and we say, God, your will for Scotland, your will for America, what is your will? I want to pray into that. It doesn't matter who's sitting in that seat. Mm. The Lord's justice will happen. Mm -hmm. God is looking for intercessors. God is looking for people who are going to pray his justice into the earth. Uh, I was actually just reading this this morning, Ezekiel 9. Um, they're going through the village and they're, they're going to they're gonna wipe out everyone who has been sinning against the Lord. And the Lord actually instructs them, go through the streets of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of all those who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins committed in their city. The people who cry out for justice, the people who weep and sigh on behalf of the detestable sins that are being committed. The Lord is looking for people like that. And then those people who were marked, they were spared. They were not killed. They were they were left and um, mercy was shown to them. The Lord is looking for people who are going to intercede. There's actually a story uh, in the Old Testament. It's, it's in the law when they're... Um, lining out the laws for um, adultery in marriage. And uh, it actually instructs them, when a, when a man and a woman are caught in the act of adultery, this is how you'll know whether or not she's innocent of this act that you've caught them in. If you listen and you hear her cry, she's innocent. She did not consent. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what intercession is all about, is not... 
not waiting for, you know, everything to be hunky-dory for you to step forward and do something about it. Heaven's heaven's listening right now. Yeah. And saying, "Are are they really consenting to this?" Yeah. Are they really okay with this? And hear me, I'm not saying that you need to go post on social media about every little thing uh because who has the energy or the emotional capacity for that? But like I said, your voice, your voice matters. And the greatest platform for your voice to be heard is heaven's platform. And I believe heaven's waiting for your cry. Yeah. Heaven's waiting for that sigh and that disappointment in the sin that's going on in the injustice. That's, that's what intercession is. Another thing that I like to talk about with, with someone who connects with justice is walking prayer or prayer walks. And that's simply, that's simply interceding for a neighborhood, a town, a city, mm. while walking through it. Yeah. And I know that you've done that uh, yeah. several times. Why don't you tell us a bit about the walking prayer? Um, yeah. At, at first, it, it was more about uh, the movement of it. Um, I Oftentimes, when I get into that mode of like intercession, I'll start pacing or I'll start walking. And it's not really about, you know, going places. It's about just I got to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started as that. And then I really uh, just looking at uh, the, the value of location and territory, um, intercession becomes a really powerful thing when you actually go to the place that you're praying for. Yeah. Um, and this is something that we discovered actually when, well, I say we, I don't know if you were tracking with me this day, but we were walking in Scotland. We were walking, uh, in when we were just visiting. Yeah. This was years ago. We had no clue that one day we were going to live here, but, um, I, we were walking, we were praying, we were interceding, and um, the Lord really put it on my heart to stop praying about one thing and to start praying for this place, this country. And I realized it had a lot to do with the fact that I was here. Yeah. Um. I know. I knew nothing about the place. I. I didn't know anything about the history or, or you know, the state of things today. I just began to pray and I began to intercede. And that was kind of a life-changing moment for me because it's just something so beautiful when you get to pray heaven to earth in the location, (laughs) in the spot. And you don't always have to be, you know, out and about. Like I've had moments of of intercessory prayer where I really feel like, you know, I touched the hem of his robe. Like I, I feel like I touched heaven and I got through and I broke through into a place that was beautiful in my living room. Yeah. Um, but I do love going for prayer walks. I love praying around the city, um, specifically for the city. So for those who are listening, the way that this could look for you guys is, you know, go on a daily walk through your neighborhood, start praying for your neighbors, start praying for the people around you. Um, you know, that verse I read earlier where it says to look after the orphans and the widows and their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the the religion or the worship that the God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. Go serve in your community. Go care for the orphan and the widow. Go do justice. So go pray, go intercede, but then go serve. A great place to do this right off the bat is our community grocery, yeah. who's always looking for volunteers throughout the week. That's a great way to get your foot in the door and serve the community that's in need right now. And it's it, it would be great if every young person listening to this learned this before I did, because I spent years of just doing the wrong thing 
of just like seeing all these injustices and then just getting mad at it. And then doing nothing. And then doing nothing about it, but just staying mad about it. Yeah. When you see something that's an injustice and you know it's an injustice that God cares about, go to him with it. Mm -hmm. When you feel that anger, Jesus felt anger. He never sinned when he was angry, Mm -hmm. but when he felt anger, he would do one of two things. He would either speak the word, he would speak the truth into that situation, or he would go be with his father Mm -hmm. and he would pray. So do the exact same thing. When you get angry about a situation, go pray. If you're talking to somebody and then they bring up something that's an injustice, bring truth to it, bring biblical truth to it. But in order for you to bring truth to it, you need to know your word. You need to know your word and you need to know your father. Read what the Bible says. Go find the verses. Go read about it. Don't Mm -hmm. just sit there and be angry like I did. Yeah. We have too many people on social media, too many Christians, I feel like, on social media saying a lot of things about a lot of things. Yeah. And I don't know if you pick up on this, but I can kind of tell when someone's like posting about something that is, it's actually just because you saw something that made you angry. Yeah. So you're posting all this stuff. Um, but there, there's a difference between like the noise of the world and something that has oil on it. Yeah. Something that when I say oil, something that's actually anointed by the spirit of God, like this person has been with Jesus and gotten his heart for the situation. And you can just tell you're moved by what they say, because it's not just what they're saying. It's what the Lord is saying. Yeah. And, and that's what the world needs more of. The world doesn't need more of your anger and your emotional emotional outbursts the world really needs jesus and you need to go catch his heart for things that's that's great advice yeah yeah the truth and bringing peace to a situation and i'll add this there's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker do not try to be a peacekeeper Mm -hmm. because if you're trying to just keep the peace you won't get anywhere with it. You have to make the peace. Well, you'll end up in compromise. Yes. Because then it's like, oh, well, if you'll settle down and if you'll settle down, you know, we can, we can meet in the middle and we can have a little bit of this sin and a little bit of this righteousness. And then that way we'll, we'll keep the peace between the two of you. It's okay. No, no, no. You are a peacemaker. You come in and you say, no, this is wrong. This is right. Mm-hmm. This is what needs to happen. But it's so, so important that everything you say, every word you have is baptized in the heart of God. And comes from the scripture. Yeah. It's um, it's like that example of Ezekiel, again, where we said in the beginning, the Lord shut his mouth. I think that's great advice for anyone who has a heart for justice. Yeah. Whether, whether you're really empathetic like me or you're not empathetic at all like Matt, uh, watch your mouth. Yeah. Watch your mouth. And what I mean by that is if you're more like me and you struggle with that that desire to keep the peace, like Matt's saying, like I really struggle with wanting to compromise because I'm really empathetic and I really I really want to I I want people to feel the kindness of the Lord. So I I'm more prone to compromise. I know that I am. I have to watch my mouth because what ends up happening is either I'll say something in complete compromise or I will shut my mouth completely out of intimidation. 
Because mm. that's what the world does to Christians, right? Is like, you you live your truth, you speak your truth, but the minute a Christian speaks the truth of Jesus Christ, you're a bigot, you're hateful, just yeah. sit down and shut up. Yeah. So the enemy wants to shut your mouth and you need to open your mouth and you need to boldly stand for the truth. So watch your mouth. But if you're someone like Matt and you struggle with empathy, you need to watch your mouth. Yeah. You need to be like Ezekiel. You need to recognize that you are a stiff-necked person and that is for good and that's for a purpose. But you need to shut your mouth and you need to only say what the Lord is saying. Yeah. What did Jesus do? Jesus only did and said what the Father was doing and saying. Because it's always going to end up better that way. Speak from the Word of God, not from your own feelings, your own thoughts, because they can be compromised. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm saying something from the side of truth, from Scripture, if it's compromised with my own anger against the person, mm -hmm. then it could not turn out the way that I want it to turn out. It won't have the grace and the love of Jesus in it. Mm -hmm. It'll just be rage. Yeah. So I realized that I needed to really humble myself and recognize that my heart wasn't ready for that conversation Yeah. because I had nothing to say. And I need to back up and I need to fill my heart with the things of God. So that the next time I'm in a situation like that, it's not about being witty. It's not about having the greatest comeback. It's about my heart is filled with the goodness of God. And so he's going to give me the words that I need to say. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Yeah. When you get in front of the political leaders and the people who are going to be questioning you, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you. Yeah. And I needed to really step back. And that might be hard for someone to hear who, who kind of struggles with that. But that's, I'm just telling you, I had to humble myself in that moment and realize my heart's not full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. My heart's compromised. To close us out, we're just going to pray really quick over anyone listening who feels like they connect with God in this way. So, Holy Spirit, we know that you supersede time, space, you supersede technology, and you can answer a prayer for somebody who's even listening now. It could be years from now that they're listening to this and you would still answer that prayer. Lord, I ask that anyone who feels like they connect with you through activism, through justice, through intercession, that you would give them a boldness to stand up for righteousness, regardless of who's around them, regardless of what people are going to think of them, a boldness to speak your truth. And Lord, I ask for a hunger for your word, a hunger to search out the truth for anything that's in their life right now, any questions that they might have, a hunger for your truth, not any truth of man, not any truth of somebody on TikTok or YouTube, but your truth. I ask for that hunger and that fire to know you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Lord, we just pray for a hunger to know you. That's exactly what it is. We pray for a hunger to spend time with you, to touch the hem of your robe, Lord Jesus, to break through into that throne room of heaven, to pray and to intercede, Lord Jesus. Bring this generation back to the heart of God through prayer. Bring us back to the heart of prayer, Lord Jesus. Jesus teaches what it looks like to tarry and to wait on God. 
Jesus, teach us what it is to intercede for your justice in the here and now. Jesus, let us feel what you feel. God, give us your heart. Give us your mind. Give us your words. Give us your strength. Holy Spirit, come upon every person that's listening to this podcast right now. Lord, I pray that they would be moved to cry out for the injustice, that they would be moved to care for the people who need to be brought into righteousness, Lord Jesus. Lord, give us your wisdom. Teach us your ways. We want to know you. And in that, we want to find your favor. And we want to bring that favor to our families, to our schools, to our city, to our nation, and the world. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, (laughs) Victoria. We did it. We, We did. We'll see you guys next time.